Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 29 now of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, bringing it to you on Wednesday. March 2nd, Wednesday, March 2nd, and guys, it's NFL Combine Week, the week every single rookie hyper has been waiting for. I'll get the show started and uh, kick it off. What Combine event would you be competitive at? If you had, if there was one event that you could stay competitive, I'm not saying, you know, be top of the class, but, you know, maybe finish ahead of one dude, what would it be? I could beat a lineman in the 40. You could beat the lineman. I like that lineman in the forties. Uh, I don't know, man. I back in the day when I was a an athlete, I used to have a pretty good vertical. Used to have a pretty good broad jump, and I have uh, three menisci surgeries on my knees, so I'm probably not winning any of those. I, you know, I probably I'll take the cone drill. I feel like I could Ooh. maybe get someone on the cone drill if I don't slip and fall coming around a turn. But uh, yeah, maybe I'll jump start the whistle too and get a little head start on some of these guys you got the uh the the ankles on the swivel those uh the chairs with that with the wheels that spin in every direction yo absolutely man i've been stretching them out uh getting myself ready so if if they want me if they want competition give me a call i think if i had to do one i'd do the uh i don't know if anybody's seen it they do like a big tv for the quarterbacks and they throw defenses up for one second and make you identify the coverage Yo, I've played enough Madden in my day to know <laughs> the different coverages. So, oh, it's Tampa two, Tampa two. <laughs> Here it's All right, we got a great show for you guys today. We have news and notes from around the realm. A lot, a lot, a lot of um, combine uh, talks today from GMs, coaches, interviews with NFL Network. I was watching while working today. Um, a lot of headlines coming from those, so we'll we'll take a deep dive into those. We have some blockbuster trades that have been going on in our Dynasty Leagues and Dynasty Leagues that have been submitted to us, so we'll take a quick stroll through those, just a couple price checks for guys. And then lastly, we are going to do a little free agent plucking and placing. We're going to pluck them from the team that they're currently on, assume that they don't get signed, or assume that they do, and then place them in the perfect spot for fantasy and kind of give a target of what we would pay. So this is kind of every fantasy uh, free agent players, perfect scenario and how high we would be willing to pay for them. I know bear with us one more week. We're going to get some rookie uh, numbers out after the combine. We don't want to speak too soon uh, on these draft picks or et cetera. So next week we're going to be having a, NFL combine breakdown and then a little rookie ranking as well. So that's for next week. So stay tuned. You know where you can stay tuned. Where's that? On the Twitter page. Ah. <laughs> At Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. You can follow us there. With that being said, let's get into the reports from around the realm. News and notes from around the realm, my favorite time of the week. I had the NFL Combine on uh, in the background all day today, and it was just a big, uh, big group hug. A lot of these coaches, 
talking about, oh, you know, I love my team. I love my owner. All the fans are great. You know, nobody's got any problems at the NFL Combine. Uh, but one person in particular spoke a little, uh, I would say, prematurely. Uh, the GM, I think it's Joe Schoen or Shoen Sh- or whatever, however you pronounce it, from the New York Giants, said that Saquon Barkley is on the trading block in in a roundabout way. How do we feel about Saquon potentially finding a new home? And do you think that the GM is just trying to stir up some drama in the offseason if he is really committed to trading Saquon? Um, I think we've seen the same story before um, when Dave Gettleman was the coach with Odell. I'm pretty sure the exact same Dave thing. Dave Gettleman happened. was the coach? The GM. Ooh, um, I'd love to see Dave Gettleman waddle on the sidelines. Yeah, he's, pre- he's a pretty bad GM. I feel like he can make a pretty bad coach too. But he, he made the hint about trading Odell, and literally two weeks later, Odell was traded. I think Saquon gets moved. I'm not going to guess to where. I mean, we haven't seen Saquon play a healthy season in a long time, so I don't know what teams would be willing to pay for him, but he's a very special athlete. So if I needed a running back, a.k.a. Buffalo Bills, a.k.a. Kansas City Chiefs, I'd go out and pay just about anything. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with you. I you know, I feel like a lot of this is just news, them probably just stirring up some drama, um, you know, I don't know. They're in a pretty weird place. If I were them, if they were my dynasty roster, I would probably be willing to downsize from Saquon um, with, you know, the price that he could hypothetically fetch. But yeah, I've been, you know, earlier in February, uh, an article came out with some landing destinations for Saquon and Kansas City and Buffalo were both on that list. I don't know how much Kansas City is necessarily looking for a running back. Um, You know, they could be, they still got Clyde. They've been able to pull dudes off the street and make them relevant. But at the end of the day, I think they still want another pass catcher in that offense, a true wide receiver two, or actually more so a true wide receiver three behind Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. But a place that I would, I could totally see happening is Miami. And I think that would be a great fit over there with McDaniels. Um, They've been needing a running back for a long time. They got all kinds of capital to spend. Um, If that were the case, if Barkley were to go anywhere else, Usually it's not a good thing when uh, running backs switch teams, but Barkley's been dripping with upside ever since he came to the league. We saw it his first year in the league. I think in a new on a new team behind a new line in a new system that's not the Giants, I think he, he, he could definitely resurge himself yeah. uh, back up to a top five guy. So um, a first-round pick for him, if he gets moved or whatever, I, I would easily be willing to send a first if people are still hesitant. Yeah, Saquon would go from the 32nd ranked offensive line with the New York Giants to the 31st ranked offensive line with the Dolphins, you know, real (laughs) real upgrades over there. Right. But no, I I get what you're saying. McDaniel is building something down there in Miami. And believe me, I hate to say that as well, being a Jet fan. But I feel like Saquon is a lot of hype. It's just, you know, you'll see him get – Jersey swapped with uh, like Michael Jordan. Oh, what if Saquon played uh, basketball instead? And ESPN would run on that for three days. And just it, he's that kind of athlete. He he falls into that Odell range where he's very Whoa. overhyped. Whoa, Odell has a championship. Yes, he does. Congratulations. I was wrong about Odell. I'm I'm here to say that. But I'm just saying Saquon, while talented, while talented, has that kind of allure that star like allure and 
people will be willing to pay extra. So if you are nervous about his injury history, XYZ, and you're a Saquon holder right now, I would just hold until he gets moved. And once he gets moved, if potentially he does get moved, that is your perfect time to sell. If you're going to sell. A hundred percent, Peter. Say it again. No. No, honestly, say it again. Because I feel like a lot of people are going to go out and be like, oh, I'm going to get Saquon Barkley and hold him. And then he's going to get a new team and he's going to be the best running back to ever play the game of football. No, you could trade him for so like. Imagine, imagine all the people that have like Ian Rappaport or uh, Adam Schefter's news alerts on their phone. That's me. Right. On Twitter. And oh, Saquon Barkley's heading to Kansas City. And it's a Photoshop of him in a Chiefs jersey. You know what that's going to do to some of the owners in your league? Hmm. Well, look, this is all I'm going to say. They're going to be rising from their uh, their seats one way or another. Let's put it like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly would. Kansas City would be freakishly nice. Like Clyde is, we've, you know, he's Jag. a bowling ball guy. He, yeah, Jag, bowling Just ball guy. guy. Yeah. Saquon, rookie season, number one running back in PPR, followed up with a, a number 10 season in PPR. I mean, the fact that he's got that number one overall upside and, you know, in a really good situation, he finishes 10 as a, as a follow-up season. I, I, I still love Barkley. He is, you know, he's 25, he'll be 26. So, you know, I think if your windows over the next two years, maybe three, he's a really good target for you. Otherwise it's probably time to, like you said, if news comes about, he lands on a new team, it's probably time to sell the hype. So Julio Jones uh, train all over again, Julio got traded, traded him right away to uh, another team never look back and absolutely you know saquon could burn you and he's young enough and has enough talent to burn you but if you're always pivoting to a more safe option there's there's not any problems with that pivoting ourselves to a more safe option javonta williams a lot of people would say that javonta williams is the safer bet compared to saquon barkley but after today's news conference nathaniel hackett new head coach of the denver broncos as well as the general manager. I can't remember the GM's name, but they were talking about Melvin Gordon's contract being up and potentially, you know, some news reporter asked if they wanted to re-sign him, and it was an emphatic yes. Mm-hmm. Javonta finished, what was it, top 15 this season? He had, he had a good year. Javonta, finished, Javonta finished top 24 and probably top 16. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Number 17 in PPR and 18 in standard. Yeah. So like right around that range. And he was splitting time. And the whole Javonta hype this offseason, especially if you acquired him already, is Melvin Gordon's going to be gone. He's going to get like 70% of that workload, 80% of that workload. So naturally the points would go up. Not looking like that right now. I know one of us here recently acquired Javonta Williams. Is that true? This is true. And I could do some logic behind it if you want real quick. Yeah, well, Max, put a smile on that face because I'm I'm eager to hear. I mean, he's 21 years old, and um, as good as Melvin Gordon is, he's not going to play forever. I think Melvin Gordon's 29. So let's say worst case scenario, they've signed him for another year. Denver doesn't make the playoffs. Oh, they say, oh, we're wasting money on uh, Melvin Gordon. See ya. Javonta's 23, 22. I mean, he's going into the most prime years of his career. After sitting behind Melvin Gordon for two years, you're splitting work, even getting less touches. Like to me, I'm not in a win now situation. Like 
I think if Melvin wants to play this year, fine. Give Javonta less work, lighten the load, and then boom, let him free next year. Yeah, I think, you know, Javonta was a round two pick by the Broncos. That's a really good early round two. Yeah, early, early. They traded up with the Falcons. Yep, pick 35. And, uh, you know, that's really good draft capital behind a running back. And I think it would definitely be a bummer for this upcoming season for them to, you know, re-sign Melvin, especially in redraft for Javonta, because like you said, Peter, he was splitting snaps. And you want to know how well they were splitting snaps between the two of them? Melvin Gordon this year, 203 attempts. Javonta Williams, 203 attempts. Literally a 50-50 share on attempts. So, you know, maybe they resign and that happens for one more year. But like Max said, it's just another year of delaying some tread on the tires. I still love the prospect. If Melvin does get re-signed and there is a dip in Javonta's price, absolutely 100% go out and send some offers for Javonta. If there's any kind of dip, go buy it because like Max said, Melvin's getting up there. I know he had a really good year. He could have one more really good year, but he's not going to have two or three. Javonta's still in that rookie contract in a great situation with a lot of weapons. They just need a quarterback. I'm all for it. I love Javonta. And like, my thing is like, okay, let's say they don't, let's say best case scenario, they don't resign Javonta and they go out and they get like Aaron Rodgers or something like that. You mean, Do Melvin you know how Gordon. high the Javonta stock's going to go? Yeah, I think you meant Melvin Gordon. They don't re-sign Melvin Gordon, and then they go get Rodgers. Yeah, that would be absolutely insane. Rodgers, we've already seen his tendencies flipping it down to Aaron Jones all the time, flipping it down to A.J. Dillon, who we didn't even think was a pass catcher coming out of Boston College. Uh, Javonta is a pass catcher. The dude is wicked with the hands. Um, He is one of those guys that if he's the only guy there and they have a decent quarterback at the helm that can check it down. He, he could be one of those true few workhorses in the NFL and in your fantasy leagues. So yeah, a lot of upside. We said it on a previous episode. I'll, I'll say it again. Michael Carter and Javonta Williams are borderline the same exact player. Um, one is I would, I would, and you know, this isn't without my jets bias in there. I believe Javonta Williams is the better back. Uh, just I test, but Michael Carter is right behind him. And those two are exactly what Clyde Edwards Alaire was advertised as. So this number one overall pick passes bowling balls, going to run over people, incredible players. And at this point in the season, you had a whole 17 games to watch them. We don't have to gush on these guys anymore. As Jace likes to say, drip, these guys are dripping with X, Y, Z. (laughs) We don't have to, we don't have to talk about that, but we're just going to say, again, this is a great, great, great opportunity a lot of people like to sell the news. This is one of the news items that you buy. Absolutely. Again, Warren Buffett, great, great, great investor. And trading the stocks is a lot like trading in fantasy, right? Absolutely. When people are greedy, be fearful. When people are fearful, be greedy. Absolutely. All right. Moving on from one billionaire to another, Stephen Jones, uh, the Cowboys vice president of football operations behind his father, Jerry. They said they're non-committal on Amari Cooper's future with the Cowboys. He had a, I believe it was five-year, $100 million deal that he signed two years ago. He gets paid $20 million a year, kind of like a credit card. So the the Jones family has to swipe their credit card once a year. And then I believe if he gets cut, they could clear $16 million of dead cap hit for this season. 
the Cowboys, as we know, that Dak contract's kicking in, that Z contract's kicking in, and they're starting to realize that they really can't afford Amari. How do we feel about trading for Amari with this uncertainty moving forward and potentially not trading for, but trading, trading him? I still think he's a very talented receiver. Um, I mean, we saw him do it in Oakland at the time, now Vegas. Um, he did it with Dak. I, he's still relatively young too. Like Amari, he's been in the league for a very long time, but I think he's only 27. Like him and Ridley, younger than Cooper Cup. He's younger than Ridley. Like, or no, he's not younger than Ridley. He's the same class as Ridley. Like, but that that's crazy to me. Even though he's not the same NFL draft class, he's the same. Like they yeah. were in the same grade going to you know grade school together. If I was the Cowboys, I just cut Zeke. I I wouldn't cut Cooper. Bro, uh, but Zeke sells the jerseys. I. They don't need him. He's washed, cut Zeke, and you can actually win a championship. Okay, look, let's let's say Amari Cooper does need to leave, right? There's a lot of different options at the wide receiver position that teams need. So could you see a potential trade to Green Bay to keep Rodgers, but then they can't afford that money, so that's not going to happen. Usually a trade like this, you're going to offload him to a team that doesn't have wide receiver talent. And has a lot of cap. So you're talking like the Jaguars. I could see the Bengals, but they have a plethora of talent. They have a lot of cap, so they're not going to trade for him and give up assets. It's, you know, I hate talking about the Jets because that doesn't drive up ratings because nobody likes the Jets. But they're like one of the few teams that is on that radar for Amari Cooper this offseason. Yeah, I've seen the Jets. I've seen the Jaguars. Actually, the, the moment I saw the Jaguars trade, the potential trade, I was like, I mean, as much as I hate that for fantasy, that makes good professional sense. Get Trevor Lawrence, somebody who's stable and he can rely on. That's not Marvin Jones or LaVisca yeah. Chanel. I was going to say Marvin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the moment I saw that, I traded him. I, uh, I traded Amari Cooper and Tony Pollard for DJ Moore, and I believe a 24-second rounder. I was just trying to get him off my, uh, my plate as soon as possible because the other landing destinations I've seen are – uh, the New England Patriots, which that grosses me out as well. And I have seen the Kansas mm. City Chiefs in a good amount. Them and the Chargers would be somewhat enticing, e- even though I do think Mike Williams is going to stay. But Kansas City would be the only one where I would be willing to go out and start buying him pretty much anywhere else that's not the Chiefs that's, or the Chargers. I, I'm trying to – as much as I like the him. the third as, option in that offense, going from the first, first option where he catches like five or six passes a game to the third yeah. option. Yeah, I I think, honestly, I would take him as the third option on both of those teams rather than the number one option and, say, Jacksonville or even the number two option in the Jets offense because I think more as a slot guy would probably end up garnering more targets. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. He's, like Max said, it's freaky how long he's been in the league and how young he still is. I know coming out he was – he was actually a higher graded prospect than CD. And I don't think a lot of people remember that he was a stud coming out of college, but I think we know what he is at this point. He's going to be switching teams again. Um, most likely is from the news and that's usually not good. Yeah. And even if he stays, I do think, I do think it's more likely that CD actually takes over as the one a, and he drops to a one B or even a flat two. So with that being said, it would be criminal to talk about Amari Cooper and not talk about CD Lamb in the same sentiment. So, how are you guys honestly feeling about CD Lamb moving into next year? I think this is bait. I, I think. I oh, think this is bait coming from you. 
Peter's trying to drive up ratings. He knows that I want CD Lamb. Uh, I think CD Lamb's a bust. I think that CD Lamb, it, he's not worth more than Cedric. I think Cedric Wilson's better than him. Oh, uh, there it is. Oh, um, man. No, I, I don't know. I mean, CD Lamb's so young. He's so talented. I don't know. It's still but like look, Max. There's been a lot of inconsistency. There has. No, he hasn't finished as a top twelve wide receiver. But like to me, he's still like he's a top ten wide receiver dynasty wise for me. Probably top seven. Um, I mean, he's a very very talented wide receiver. You have an irrational love for him, which I I respect it. I really do. I it's I have not an irrational love. I told you it's all roster construction, which probably we will talk about in a future episode with making smart deals. We and will. smart deals for your team. The better player doesn't necessarily always mean the better team. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love CD. I really do. I mean, if you can go out and get him for a reasonable price, 100% do it. Um, but What's sadly, reasonable? the owner in my league thinks he's worth four first, so I won't be getting him. What's reasonable to you for CD Lamb? And I want I even want to hear Nick C's opinion on this. Super producer Nick C's opinion. And remember, audience, uh, for all those people listening out there, Max is going to try to say lower than the actual value so that he can try to incept me and make you know, me. I mean, I'd pay like, I'd pay um, early to mid 23 first and a young wide receiver. I think that's a fair price. I think, I think that's, I think that's pretty good as well. I don't know if I would. I would, I think I'd probably rather have CD, but I think that's equivalent value just because I do still think CD's got, I mean, he's probably closer to top five than top 10 dynasty wise for me, especially if Amari's going to leave. Because if Amari's going to leave, I mean, Dak is locked until uh, his potential out is 2024, but he's locked in through 2025. CD's locked in. Uh, until 2023 on his rookie deal, you'd you'd like to imagine they would re-sign him after giving him 88 and drafting him as high as they did. I just think if he ends up in a spot where he's a true number one with Dak Prescott, I, with his skill set, I, I think he could easily finish a top five any given season. So um, I, I love CeeDee Lamb, and honestly, I love T. Higgins so there much. Goes. Not an episode goes by. Yes. <laughs> I love T Higgins and you know, there for a while, there are a lot of comparisons made between the two. I felt like the value was even. And now I feel like it's at a point where people are viewing T Higgins a handful of slots ahead of CD. And if that's the case, I have T Higgins and an owner has CD and they're going to, sh- you know, if someone would be willing to take my T Higgins for CD plus, you know, a second rounder or a second and two thirds or just any kind of cherries on top, that's 100% something I would do just because I think CD has the chance, the better chance to be the true number one. Whereas Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, we know what they can do. We know who's the true number one over there. You know, I just think there's a lot more upside with CD than T and I don't think a lot of people see that right now. So um, that's, that's definitely a deal I would be out hunting if I had T Higgins on my team and a shaky CD lamb owner. Nick C. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with a lot of uh, what Jay said. I think, and, and you too, Peter. I mean, you're always champion, championing CD. I mean, he's definitely has that upside, like Jay said. I mean, if if Cooper leaves, um, I mean, the sky's definitely the limit for him. I think fair value price, I mean, I don't know. I I think two first plus, and you're probably still not going to be able to get a deal done for him, which, I mean, I don't know. You're never 
all the time, like people aren't going to move for fair value per se, but I don't That's know. the nature of business. Least, Nobody ever sells for yeah. even. Why would I sell for even? And then I don't make any money. No, you're definitely right, Peter. Um, CD has that upside where, I mean, even two first plus could be an underpay with what his upside is, but I don't know. That's kind of just how I value him right now. Hey, look, McDonald's doesn't sell a cheeseburger for 30 cents. It's probably what it <laughs> costs to make it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, Max, what you said, a mid 23 first, and a player, uh, I think that could be pretty enticing, even more so if you know we're having the same conversation a year from now. I think once we start to know what that 23 person would look like, that would definitely be really A.T. enticing. Perry. A.T. Perry, or I, I, there's all kinds of, there's that, what's his name, Christian Watson or whatever. Uh, oh, there's all kind. Christian Watson's the North Dakota State guy from this draft, who oh, this is year? a very good sleeper. Yeah, keep, I was keep watching. Keep your eyes peeled. I see he is a super sleeper because I didn't even know he was in this class, but that also shows how yeah, I haven't gotten very deep in this. But I think, you know, something that you, you know, maybe 106, a 24 first and Marquise Brown, maybe something you could pull off. That's kind of a trade I had in my head. That's two first. Yeah, for CD. No, I, I th- you know, two first and a young Brown. player. Marquise coming off the season with a, I think a 25.7% yeah, no, nah, broken that, fingers from playing if, the games all day. No, nah, if there's still a dip out there from that, go buy Marquise Brown. But I, I think a, a young talent, like a, a deal like that with multiple first and young player, I think that's what one of those could possibly look like. But uh, yeah, you know, Peter won't take it, but maybe somebody else will. So, all right, final transition. I think I finished the loop here from one Oklahoma star to another, Kyler Murray, KM1. I think everybody saw the statement. Nobody read the statement from his agent. But you know what? I work for the people. I do this for free. I work for the people. I do it for free. So I actually read the statement. I am in complete agreement with Ian Rappaport uh, on this one. He was talking today on the NFL Combine. It was an angry letter. It was all uppercase and in the tiniest font ever. So it was almost like (laughs) he was screaming at you. Um, in the press conferences today, head coach, uh, Cliff Kingsbury took a lot of blame, tried to take a lot of blame off Kyler for what happened at the end of the year. Um, and then the GM, I cannot remember his exact name. It's escaping me right now, but he also talked about how, you know, a high priority is re-signing and getting Kyler a deal. They, they were very upfront and very honest about it. So I anticipate a deal will probably get done within the next three weeks four weeks, sometime like that. Uh, They seemed very, very, very open and honest about it. But what are you guys feeling about Kyler getting the bag in terms of dynasty? So that's going to lock him in as Arizona. It's going to lock him in in the NFC West. I mean, I think he's a tremendous player. There's no doubt about it. Um, In September and October. What? He's a tremendous player in September and October. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then November good. and December is a different story. Either way, he in fantasy, he adds good rushing upside. He's a top five fantasy quarterback for me. It's just, I think he's very spoiled. I think he's very entitled. Uh, I think someone threw that word out with him. I think it was Larry Fitzgerald or his dad or something called him spoiled. Um, he's had it always handed to him at Oklahoma. I mean, he's not even really, I get he's technically due for a contract extension, but 
you have guys in the class before him like Lamar who haven't gotten paid yet. And he's saying, Oh yeah, pay me this amount of money. It's like, well, he again, knows he's like five foot 10 and has kind of declined the last couple of years. So he's got to make his stand now. Cause if he has true. a bad year this year, it's, it's true. done. He's done. He gets hurt or has a bad year. He's not getting any money. It's true, Peter, but he's, I think he's spoiled and I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's even now, I get what you're like. I totally agree with you, Max, especially the whole thing about Lamar, like K one, keep your mouth shut, dude. Like honestly, the last reflection Kyler did, that was only from his agent. Yeah. Even though he said he wants to be as direct as possible, which uh, Kyler, I don't know about that. It seems pretty indirect having your agent release it then, but you know, that's just the way the HR department of those things work. But um, yeah, for him, you know, his, the last reflection we have of him is him getting, him just looking terrible, throwing a pick six to the Rams, flailing around in the end zone. He got outrushed by Matthew Stafford. Getting eaten alive by Aaron Donald. Yeah, so that's the last reflection we have on him too. So even if I were him, I, I would just go play a few games next season, especially at the beginning of the year when we know he, <laughs> that's when he's at his best. Then go get your bag. But long-term-wise, Dynasty, I think rebuilder, competitor, I think he's going to get the bag. I think he's going to be in Arizona. I think it's going to be a really good situation. I know they need some wide receiver weapons with hop on uh, the decline, getting older. Uh, they're about to lose Christian Kirk and AJ green. And, you know, it's going to be hop and Rondale Moore. They're going to probably lose one or if not both of their running backs. So I don't know. I think all of this is going to lead to him running a lot more. He's wanted his legs to be a luxury. He kind of had that because of all the weapons he had this past season. But once, once they're gone, I think they're really going to have to start using his wheels because that's that's what makes him Kyler. You know, his ability uh, ability to get out into the open field and make linebackers and DBs miss and, you know, go chugging for 35, 40 yards down the field at a time. So um, I, I still love K1 if there's any kind of dip. Like if I, if I have Joe Burrow on my team right now and there's still a lot of hype around him and I'm closer to competing than not, I would – easily go make that move if someone sees that as an even exchange i would easily trade that because i think uh, the rushing upside that you're going to get with kyler moving forward is it's konami code levels so uh go buy k1 i uh my mom calls him papino the mouse <laughs> so whenever we watch she goes oh is the mouse playing what a juicy little mouse dude yeah and my mom says he scurries around like a little mouse he does, man. He does. He does. He, 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 once you, once you see it in your head and see how he runs, you can never unsee it. He looks like a mouse that just like got found out in the kitchen and tries to run <laughs> on the stove. Dude. I mean, his, his little legs, when he's running, those <laughs> things move so fast. It, it's inconceivable. He's Pepino the mouse. All right. That's going to wrap it up for our news and notes section. Now we're going to get into some blockbuster trades that we've had from this past week. You know, simply put, a good trade is a good trade is a good trade. All right. First one off the board, we have a total of four that have happened over the past week um, with actually many more than that, but we're just going to highlight four for now. For right now, we have Cooper Cup and TJ Hawkinson, and this was a very contentious deal we'll actually have the two monarchs that made this deal talk about it. Cooper cup and TJ Hawkinson for Kyle Pitts in a mid to late 2023 first. So again, I'll say that one more time, Cooper cup and TJ Hawkinson 
for Kyle Pitts in a mid to late 23 first. Yeah, Jay Shaw, you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. And I'll, I'll start us off, too, by saying this. Honestly, this goes back to what you're saying about Nick C running the Twitter account. When he posts these t- trades about our uh, Mike Vrabel Coach of the Year League, this is a really good league, a really good standard league for you to compare a lot of trades in your league to just because of the plethora of, of people we have in it. We have the guys like us that, you know, eat, sleep, and breathe fantasy football 24-7. And then we have some guys that are just really busy with work and, you know, they don't have as much time to look into stuff and, you know, maybe they don't trade as much. I, I think it's a really good view into what a lot of leagues look like and a lot of leagues that I've played in. So um, I, I want to shout that out, but I also want to preface it with uh, this was a trade between Max and I, if that hasn't already been said, but I want to read my roster and then I'll read Max's roster as well. Um, so this is my current roster after that trade. I have Kyler Murray, Miles Gaskin, Elijah Mitchell. That sounds gross. DJ Moore, T Higgins, Kyle Pitts, Terry McLaurin. We'll ignore the kicker and defense. Uh, and then on the bench, I have some notable de- depth pieces. I have Mike Williams, Curtis Samuel, Cortland Sutton, uh, Blake Jarwin, and Dan Arnold. And then to go along with that, I have the 104 in this year's draft, a 2023 first, a 2023 second. Oh, two of those, uh, two thirds in the 23 class, and a 24 second. So that that that's my roster, more of a rebuilder. Um, I've started to strip the wheels off after this past season. And then Max's team is. <laughs> he has just Stupid. got assets upon assets on this team. He's the fantasy he's, godfather. He really he is. He really is. But he's got Matty Ice at quarterback, which Yuck. Uh, he he's definitely looking to upgrade uh, there for sure. But Dalvin Cook, Javante Williams, DK Metcalf, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, Naheem Hines, uh, Damian Williams, Alexander Madison, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Brandon Ayuk, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant. And then on top of that, he has the 101 and the 102 in this year's draft. Um, so w- with all that being said, going back to the trade, it was I sent um, Cooper Cup and TJ Hawkinson, and I received Kyle Pitts in a mid to late 23 first. My thought process was I'm starting to rebuild. I have my core group of wide receivers and DJ Moore, T Higgins, and Terry McLaurin. I'm trying to rebuild around them. Um, and to further rebuild around a solid core, I, I decided to ship Cup essentially for pitch straight. So now I have Pitts, Moore, Higgins, and McLaurin. I love to build around that. I have some draft capital. Getting that 23 first was big time for me for Hawkinson. I was looking to ship him for a wide receiver, but hearing all the news about this 23 class, you know, I was targeting a guy like Marquise Brown for TJ Hawkinson straight up for me. I think I'd rather have that 23 first over Marquise Brown. So I was more than willing to part ways with that. And uh, I felt like it was a really even exchange and I'll let Max talk about his side, but I think he feels much the same way. Yeah, it was definitely tough to give up Kyle Pitts. I mean, for me, it's just like before I make trades, usually I see what I can get for the player I'm going to get. Like, I don't really let anyone get too comfortable on my team. Um, So, I mean, last night I sent out DK, except for DK, his home is very safe. He's paid in full. Um, Do you have I mean, a single I, player that you drafted? Um, no shot. No, no shot. <laughs> no, no, no chance. Um, but regardless, I mean, last night, even like when I was in talks with Jace about this, I, I'm usually never up as late as I was last night. And Jace sent over that trade, and I was like, oh, shoot. And then we tried to do the three-way trade, and Peter – 
just isn't ready to win yet. So he declined it. And then it was just me and Jace left. Um, but I sent out trades to Nixie and I mean, our, I could, probably like six people in our league. Like, l- listen, if I got Cooper Cup, hypothetically, what could you give me? And I, I expect everyone to give me like their lowest of answers. Like, oh, I'll give you a Brandon Ayuk in a second round. I'm like, all right, well, you can oh, go. Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims. Yeah. But to me, I'm always trying to think one step ahead. And I knew what I could get or what I thought I could get with Cooper Cup. Um, and then. I like Hawkinson. I, I It stinks losing Pitts, but to me, it's like Hawkinson's is still a good tight end. And to have either Hawkinson or Fant moving forward, I think one of them has to hit. And I'll take my chances. I think really quick, two seconds, with both those tight ends, and uh, I'm sorry if this is going to rain on your parade a little bit. We know who both of them are. We know who both of these players are. But I'm perfectly fine with that with your roster construction. Again, you don't need an elite tight end to win. You need a serviceable tight end that's going to get you the same amount of points every week. Hawk was extremely inconsistent this year because of the terrible offense. And Fant has never been consistent because of the terrible quarterback play. So both these teams, obviously on the rise, Um, Dan Campbell's turning it around in in Detroit, as well as uh, Nathaniel Hackett has all that, all those assets and all that cap. They're going to do something to quarterback, even if it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo makes George Kittle relevant. Like, right. So I don't think that they're going to necessarily hit or miss. We just know who they are and what their relative ceiling can be. There's no, uh, like, I really, in I could eat my words here. There's no Kittle-esque jump for either of these guys, or there's no Mark Andrews jump because they're not that integral to each offense uh, at this point in time. But I, I think – I think they're both very, very, very good serviceable options at tight end. And maybe you could package both of them for an elite guy for a team that has no tight end depth. Yeah. I mean, I still, I like Hawkinson quite a bit more than Fant just because of, you know, Cortland Sutton's re-signed, Tim Patrick's re-signed, Jerry Judy's still on his rookie contract. If Fant gets locked back in there, he's probably looking like the number four, maybe fighting for the number three role. Whereas Hawkinson, I could still him, see him being the number one or the probably not the number one target. That's probably going to end up being swift down the line, uh, but I could see him being the number two over Amon Ra or maybe they add someone and that would definitely hurt his stock. But, you know, Hawkinson put up a top five season in 2020. So I do think he's still got quite a bit of upside. He's only 24. He's a first round uh, draft pick in the NFL draft. So top they have 10 the pick top 10 pick. So quite the investment behind him. So I still really like Hawkinson. And I think if people are, seeing him closer to Noah fan, I would definitely be willing out uh, to go out and buy. Um, but one thing I wanted to say, you know, looking at things, most people are <laughs> fighting through the tight end dumps in your league. You know, there's the guy who has Kelsey and there's the guy who has Mark Andrews. And even with Kyle Pitts, he's a really nice dynasty piece because he's still 21 years old and he's the unicorn. We've, we've laid the argument out a thousand times, but he still hasn't proven it yet. You know, he had a thousand yards and one touchdown. No touchdowns in the United States. No <laughs> United States touchdowns. That, that That's wild. That's uh, We need to see that change. But he's stuck with a guy, Matt Ryan, looks like he's going to return. Matt Ryan's number one guy is notoriously not scored touchdowns. I mean, look at Julio Jones when he was in his prime. He was always a top five wide receiver, especially in PPR, but he was never the wide receiver one just because he was scoring five, six, seven touchdowns instead of 10, 11, 12. So, um, you know, in your leagues, if you, unless you have Mark Andrews or Kelsey at this point, 
everyone's pretty much just fighting for 10, 11 points out of their tight ends. Um, so going along with what you're saying, those are perfectly serviceable tight ends. You don't, you know, they're not going to kill you by any means. Um, Your tight end doesn't have to set the world on fire for you to win games. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think I'm just trying to back up what you're saying. Those are perfectly serviceable guys. Your Dallas Goddard's guys with upside in their offense week to week. Uh, but more often than not, they're they're just not going to burn you. I think those are pieces you want on your roster. Yeah, and they're both they're both so young. So, I mean, I to throw like a 23 first. And Kevin, who's his team's his team's definitely there now. At the time, it wasn't. I mean, his team's definitely a top four team. Yep. Um, but I mean, it, to me, it was like I'd rather have two good tight ends, you know, and hope that one of them pans out. They're so young, and they're like you guys said, they're middle of the road, but they get the job done. They're better than middle of the road. But yeah, yeah I think Fant is probably closer to middle of the road just because of situation, not by. Not by ability means. If I mean, if he were, if he took place at Dawson Knox in Buffalo, he would be an Run. absolute freak. Run. Uh, and uh, but with with Hawkinson, I think he's still got upside to land a top three, top four finish at the tight end position. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily the price that he's at right now. So, um, yeah. all right, we're gonna move into the second part to this trade, Max. I'll let you actually take this one away. Um, yeah, so then I got Cooper Cup, obviously, from Jace, and I honestly, I was sitting here thinking about this trade. Like, I probably wouldn't have done it if I didn't have 101 as well, um, but I traded Cooper Cup to a competitor now for Brandon Ayuk, who I still believe in. He was one of my guys in this past offseason. Um, he's still so young, NFL first-round pick. Um, Brandon Ayuk and 102 overall. So whether that's Burks, whether that's Brees Hall, whoever it is, um, if I would if I would not have had 101, I probably would not have done it. Um, but just to have 101 and 102 in this draft and hold so much power, and there's so many different ways I can go with it, along with the roster that I already have, to me it was like a no-brainer. This is back-to-back years in the the Coach of the Year Mike Vrabel League, where somebody owns the first and second round pick, uh, first and second overall pick. Wow. So last year, I can't remember who owned it, but they went uh, Najee Harris and then Kyle Pitts, one, two. Mike Walker. Mike Walker. Not, not bad to start off the draft like that. Not bad at all. But and the, yeah. the value is only going to grow. So I'm, I'm very, very excited, especially with the combine, free agency. I wish I could be at the draft. Um, I mean, it's going to be epic. Yeah, I mean, this trade, personally, I'm – not a necessarily a huge fan of it just on paper. Like Max said, I probably wouldn't take that, but the fact that he does have the one-on-one, you know, he's locking up his, the, the first two picks of the draft, you know, getting to pick the top two guys off the board. Like you said, the value is going to go up, but even if you take those picks, I mean, those are super high end first rounds and you have two of them. They're going to both be freakishly young. Maybe they land somewhere like, if it's, you know, Traylon Burks, maybe for whatever reason he falls to Buffalo, you can you can go get a ton of value back after something like that happens. So, yeah, I'm not really for it on paper, but the fact that you have the 101, now you get to take the top two picks or trade them or do whatever, I, I think it makes pretty good sense for you. And Brandon Ayuk, you know, if it's going to be Trey Lance, I'm, I'm really worried about him in San Francisco, but he is super young, uh, former first-round pick, like you said. Um, I've talked about him in the past whenever they show the the NFL highlights on red zone there's a little clip of him straight up 
you know, bossing a dude jumping straight over his shoulders in the open field. And I, I always think about that. And I'm just, he's talk about dripping with upside. Brandon Ayuk is absolutely dripping with upside. So for him, I think he's probably best suited for a long-term rebuilder because I think it's going to take some kind of crazy quarterback change. That's not Jimmy G or not Trey Lance, which I don't see any of that happening in the near future. Um, or he's going to have to switch teams. And I think that's best case scenario for him. So um, yeah, you got a lot of youth going for you. I probably wouldn't have done it, but you know, Cooper cup could hurt himself next year and then, you know, miss a good chunk of the year and then he'll be 30 years old. So we just don't know at this point, but you know, you got a young guy in a, top two pick on paper. That's what you're looking to get out of your aging bets when you're selling high. Yes, sir. Yeah. I, I have nothing more to add except that, uh, Ayuk down the stretch appeared like he was getting his way out of the dog house. Like he was in the dog house and then Kyle Shanahan put him on a leash and like put the stake in the yard and he was only allowed to run a little bit. And then, uh, we'll see if he's allowed to get off the stake and off the leash next season. But, uh, if he is, Oh boy, look out. All right, we're going to get through these next two coming up. Quick little one that Jace did. Um, Jace, would you care to talk about uh, Mr. Aaron Jones and Aaron Dillon? And A.J. Dillon, sorry, my bad. Yep, so I had the Packers backfield on my team. Uh, This was right after letting go of Cup and Hawks, so I'm super young at this point. I do love Aaron Jones. If I'm I'm playing this year, I, I tweeted some stuff out. He's been second on the team in targets every year that LaFleur's been the head coach. I think if things stay the same, you know, Aaron Jones is probably a top 10 running back. I, you know, he's probably lost that top five upside because of Dylan, but I think he's still somebody you want on your team, especially in leagues where you catch the ball. Um, AJ Dylan, I love him. I love him the way he runs. But at the end of the day, when I see him taking over, it's probably when Rodgers is gone, Devontae's gone, that team's really looking for a full rebuild. So I'm really starting to soften on Mr. A.J. Dillon. So I packaged the two of them for the 104 in this year's draft, a projected mid to early second in 2023, and a projected early 2023 third round pick. Um, for me, I was just kind of looking at both players. Um, in comparison to the 104 and I was saying in my head I'd rather have the 104 than Aaron Jones and I'd probably rather have the 104 over AJ Dillon so um, that enticed me to take the best asset in the deal which was the 104 and then uh, you know that 23 class is supposed to be really nasty so if it's going to be an earlier mid I feel like it could be you know it could be a serviceable running back very similar to the value of AJ Dillon um, based on how things shake out in the future and that third currently looks like the 301. And if it's going to be that deep of a class, same argument, I'll take a third round flyer on that class. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't really I don't have much to add. When I saw the deal, I, I definitely liked it for both ways. I mean, the guy who got A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones um, is obviously competing to get the whole backfield. Great for him. But 104 is still a really good pick. Yeah, I, I don't know who it's going to be, but it's, you know, off the top of my head, we still Probably got a receiver. See- yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's, you know, Brees Hall's going to be. Receivers. Yeah, so I'm thinking it's Burks and Brees Hall probably go 102 or 101 and 102, and then it'll be pretty much who I get left with between Garrett Wilson and Drake London. And, you know, those are all guys I like. Those are all guys I've talked about on this show. They're all going to be super young. Um, running backs for me right now are super fluid. Right now I have Miles Gaskin, Elijah Mitchell, and I have Elijah Mitchell and a handful of deals 
my, my plan is to build around that core T Higgins, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, who I'll probably end up selling if he spikes for another young talent and Kyle Pitts. And then with all my draft picks in the future, I'm, I'm trying to load up on them so I can just take running back after running back after running back uh, and just get a bunch of young dudes on rookie contracts and just kind of keep shuffling from that point on. And then just coast and just coast. All right. And then the last trade we're going to take a look at today. Um, one that was actually an extremely intriguing to me that we foreshadowed earlier. We have Deontay Johnson and Trey Lance on one side. Uh, and this is one quarterback, four point passing touchdown league. Deontay Johnson and Trey Lance for Javonta Williams straight. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll kick it off here. I mean, I, I originally offered, actually, believe it or not, I offered Deontay and Clyde for for Javonta. Yeah. And he's like, I'd rather have Trey Lance. And and I was like, oh, yeah, perfect. I'll do that. Like, to me, obviously, Trey Lance is a great talent. He's a great young quarterback. He hasn't proven anything yet. It's a one-quarterback league. I'm not going to get too high on a quarterback. Yes, I picked up Matt Ryan off the waivers. He's not going to be my end-all, do-all. End-all, um, be-all. End-all, be-all, do-all, whatever you want to call him. He's just not He's just not going to be it. But, I mean, Trey Lance, like, he's just like an added throw. And I know the person that I traded him to really likes him. Um, and Deontay Johnson was tough to give up, but I needed a running back. I, I had Clyde and Dalvin um, to keep Clyde and Dalvin and then to add Javonta. I was really happy with the deal. And like I said, he's only 21 and he doesn't have much wear and tear. Yeah, I when I saw this one, I thought it was an absolute steal. This is a one quarterback league. Um, Trey Lance. I don't know. Like I, we just don't. There's a lot of unknowns with him. He's super raw. He's in a strange system like I, I don't know how much scrambling room there's going to be for him I feel like everything in that system super drawn up I, I just don't know how to feel about Lance uh, he didn't move the needle at all for me in that trade and Deontay Johnson's another guy that I'm you know I, all all of Twitter is backing Deontay Johnson and I hate to say it I'm I would be selling at the current price that he's at you know I know the, the quarterback situation can't get quote-unquote worse um, because they were from Big Ben, but I think it in, can't get quote unquote better. Oh yeah, his game it can't quote unquote get better. I, I I think it could get better if they landed a huge big name, just because I think his A dot would go up. He could start running more routes downfield. But for me, you know, if it's going to be anyone but those guys, I really don't know how much of an upgrade it is, like everyone thinks it is, because Deontay Johnson is going to lose the guy that was just shoveling passes his way. You know, a lot of short area targets. It was all based on volume, not so much on air yards or anything like that. So, you know, maybe his air yards go up next year, but that volume drops. And I just, I don't know. I'm really softening on Mr. Deontay Johnson. I know he's a stable force, but I do think he presents a good amount of downside with, uh, depending on what Pittsburgh does. If Pittsburgh draft, uh, drafts Malik Willis, and it's going to be a rookie quarterback. I am out on Deontay Johnson. Rookie quarterbacks, we saw it this past year, cannot, um, you know, support top 15, top 20 options even. So um, I, I would just be flat out and looking to sell Mr. Deontay. But getting back to this trade, I think you got Javonta um, Williams at an absolute steal. This is kind of the price I would be looking to pay if Melvin Gordon uh, re-signed there. I think that's something yet that you could get away with. And maybe that's, you know, the news that dropped today gotten in the way of the trade or help support it. But um, yeah, until it's made, you know, if Melvin decides to leave or gets re-signed somewhere else, <laughs> you just absolutely robbed the train right there. 
Yeah, I have nothing else to add. We talked about Javonta earlier. Um, he's a freak, freak, freak athlete. Um, Trey Lance, while incredible, it is a one quarterback league. Quarterbacks are a dime a dozen. And you can you should not have a lot of assets in your quarterback position in, in these kinds of leagues. And you know, that's kind of fantasy football one oh one. But uh Deontay Johnson, I'm chilling on him as well a little bit. I, I don't doubt the skill set. It's just too much risk for me to be a full-time investor into him right now. Yeah. I also just like, I'm not out on the ability whatsoever. I just think the situation that he was just in where we know big Ben locks onto guys like that, especially at the end of the career where it was like hot potato, he caught the ball and he had to get it out as soon as possible. I just, you know, if that volume drops, I don't know what Deontay is because that's what's held him stable over the past few years. So I think there's a lot, a lot more variability than people are willing to admit at this point. All right. That's going to do it for some trades that we have found in our own leagues. We did sift through some uh, on Twitter as well as through Reddit, but none really came to mind that were worth talking about at this point in time. Um, and now we're going to get into some free agents, little free agency frenzy right now. All right, here's the name of the game to wrap up the show. Free agency frenzy. We are going to take a nice brisk walk around uh, and, and talk about these guys' futures real quick. We're going to do your preferred landing spot. And are they worth more or less than they're currently worth with their team? Okay, so we're going to start with Mr. Devontae Adams, your preferred landing spot. Green back. Yeah, my preferred landing spot would be in Green Bay. Rodgers stays. Um, I think his value would – it would probably climb right now just because there's so much uncertainty right now. I think he would rise because then he – you know, I don't know how long everyone would get locked in, but it would be at least one more year of elite production. So I think it would probably go up from where it's at right now. I think it would go up as well. I'm also with the Green Bay. But if it couldn't possibly be Green Bay, give me Las Vegas – Give me Las Vegas. That would be a lot of fun. And I think you would be worth less at Las Vegas, but still worth a lot. All right. Moving right along, Mr. Christopher Godwin from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where's your favorite spot? Like, where's my favorite spot or where do I think he'll go? Where do you think he'll go? I think he'll either go to Cleveland or Philadelphia. Now, Bruce Arians, really quick, did mention today that it is among their top priorities to re-sign Chris Godwin. Yeah, I, um, I think he – I really – I don't have much of an inkling. I, I think it's more likely that they re-sign just because he's so young. They're trending more towards trying to stay young, and he's a good piece to hold around if you're getting anywhere close to a rebuild. So um, I think – I think probably best case scenario, I think he stays. And I think the value definitely drops because it's not going to be TB at quarterback anymore. I think pretty much anywhere he lands. TB barring, and the ACL. Yeah, TB yeah. and the ACL. I, I think the value is dropping wherever he goes, uh, are you, to be honest. Really quick, are you selling right now before the free agency hits? Yes, I'm always selling the windows. Um, yeah, it it depends on how much hype around him, what his current price is at. If people still see him as like a lockdown top 12 dynasty asset, I would shift him for equivalent value for sure. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know. Maybe the right landing spot could boost his value. But just currently, from what I see, there are not a lot of upgrades uh, in the future for him. All right. Next guy, actually, somebody I have a bone to pick with, Jace, gave Max a first rounder for this guy earlier in the year. We'll talk about his value right now. Mr. Mike Williams for the Los Angeles Chargers. Free agent this upcoming season. Give me your destination you think he's going to be at. We going more or less value? I don't know how he can get more value than where he is, right? Like, he had a really good year. I think he had a fluke year, personally. Um, 100%. I think he had a fluke beginning of the season, I should say. Like, he's not going to do that again. I think the end of the season was what we could see from Mike Williams moving forward. Um, I don't like probably like Jacksonville. They'll need a receiver and they'll overpay him and he'll be dog. I could see that. I would hate that very much. Um, I will go back and say he did finish as the number 12 wide receiver this year. So I think it was well worth my 24 first on a way to a second place finish. So I, uh, had I not finished second, I'd probably be really regretting that, but it worked out. All right. Um, Mike will, I want him to stay back in LA. I think his value pretty much stays the same. If he stays on, you know, Keenan is depending on how long he gets signed for Keenan's going to be what 29 or 30 next year. Things are getting older. He's an old fart. Yeah. And I think, you know, as he gets older, if he were to stay in LA long-term, I think the truth of Mike Williams would be closer to somewhere in the middle of what he did at the beginning of the year and the end of the year, where it's probably, you probably see less inconsistencies, but he'll still be inconsistent, much more of a boom bust. Um, But yeah, I would want him to stay in LA. And I think the value would pretty much do the same. If he goes anywhere else and he projects to be the number one somewhere, I think his value will probably go up just because a hype, hype train will get started. You know, he's had a couple thousand yard seasons, a 10 touchdown season. People start talking. I think the value could go up and that would be an opportune time to sell. Um, I'm, I just don't like him at all. So if he's on an orphan roster, that's the only way I would potentially ever have him. And then he's getting sold the instant that he uh, finds his way onto my sleeper account. And it's, it's nothing against the guy. I just don't like the fantasy player, Mike Will. He's too inconsistent for me, and he freaks me out. We don't just, we don't agree on much, Peter, but I think we agree on Mike Will. Oh, yeah. We, we've, been say, agreed. we've been in agreeance. I think this might be our longest bond. I will say, though, Mike Williams, if you're a competitor right now, there's probably no better flex in the game on your roster. If you have him, if you get in a pinch, you're going to throw him down. I mean, the dude dropped 32 points against Cleveland in week five, 29 in week three. I'm AB over Mike Williams. Get oh, out yeah. of here. No get roster AB over Mike Will. No, get out of here. Dude, if, but, if you yeah. could guarantee me AB was on a team, I'd take AB. Mike Will's so inconsistent. I I mean, if, okay, AB lands on the Ravens, you would rather have AB on the Ravens than Mike Will? 100%. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Oh, those six, tar- six targets a game from Lamar? Come on. Mike Will's hurt or gets one catch for seven yards. Mike Will's dog, dude. I'm out. Uh, Mike Mike Will played sixteen of eighteen. This is games this, this is year. a this is what's it called? Um, this is Stockholm syndrome for Jace. Oh man, I hurt mean, by he, him so much he starts to love him. That's like me and Robert Woods. Uh, he really didn't hurt. He helped me out quite a bit. He won me some weeks. I mean, uh, he I lost you a, 20- a couple weeks. Uh, maybe. I mean, I had depth, so I was only starting on the opportune matchups, but. Uh, yeah, I think right now I'm currently – I think he's probably worth a 24 first because I do think 
Uh, he is a guy that could win you weeks. That's, I mean, that's what I paid from the 24 classes so far away. We have no idea who's going to be picking where, what kind of picks there are. So I think that's, that's the tippy top of his value is a 24 first, but um, he's a guy I'd be willing to acquire for multiple seconds, two seconds for sure. Hey, look, difference of opinion is very important. So, so we, we appreciate it, Jace, me and Max couldn't be more grossed out. Moving on, though, uh, we have the future New York Jet, Mr. Allen Robinson, in my opinion. Um, and I think there is only one place to go with his stock, and that's either up or literally even. So it's only going to go up at this point. It can't get much, much worse than uh, the season that he had. Yeah, it was a rough season for sure. I think New York, I, I've seen that a lot as well. Um, they wanted would- him the last offseason. I really think Jacksonville just overpays somebody. I don't know if it's Mike Will. I don't know if it's Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper. They're desperate. They got a new coach that wants to go out and make a splash. They're going to do something. Um, it, he's just not going to go to a good team, but it's not like the Bears were a good team. So anywhere but up. Didn't uh, Yeah, the, ja- the Jaguars drafted him in 2014, so that'd be kind of funny to see a reunion there. Um yeah, for me, Allen Robinson, wherever he lands, it's going to be an upgrade if it's elsewhere other than Chicago just because of the year he put up. For me, I the needle will move up, but he's not a guy I actively want on my roster. I mean, if I'm a competitor right now, he's probably worth a second-round pick because we know what he can do. He could hypothetically be a stable wide receiver, too, on your team in the right situation, but given his age, he's getting close to 30. He was never really a true separator or route technician. He was always kind of just a contested catch guy, a no drop guy. Um, And a number one. And yeah. And a number one. So yeah, I don't know if that needle rises, which I think it will when he finds himself somewhere else, I, I think anybody, but a competitor, even a competitor, it's probably worth selling the news with him. All right. That's going to wrap it up for our episode again. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all the positive reviews you've been leaving on Twitter. Our Twitter following is growing immensely uh, over the last couple of days. I'd I'd almost argue to say exponentially over the last month. Uh, Shout out Nick C doing a great job over there. Super producer Nick C doing a great job over on the Twitter places. And I think to rhyme with Twitter places, we might be doing a Twitter spaces coming up. Uh, talking, uh, we've gotten some requests to do a Twitter spaces. So we're probably going to do one, uh, within the next coming weeks to discuss some fantasy rookie draft advice. Um, and then again, stay tuned next week, episode number 30, we're going to break down the NFL combine. We're going to do position group breakdowns, and then we're going to do a rookie, uh, probably first round or maybe even first and second round rookie draft. I'm taking notes for that one. I mean, I just got to take notes for the first and second pick, but I'll be there. (laughs) You'll be there, Max? Good. And I hope you're there. I'm there. All right. Any final parting words before we log off? Go make some trades. Go make some moves. Make some splashes, really. Honestly, have fun with it. It's a game of fantasy football. Unless you're playing for thousands of dollars, then maybe don't. But if you're playing for a couple (laughs) hundred bucks, like, go make some moves. Have some fun. Like, live a little. Absolutely. All right. Again, thanks, everybody. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. And that is going to be all from us. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. 
fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell my fellow kings and queens.